Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, because the refs did not make an obvious pass interference call against the Rams and because Chiefs defensive end D. Ford lined up wrong, we got Rams versus Patriots in Super Bowl 53 when it maybe should have been Saints versus the Chiefs. Two overtime games, two huge plays that changed the outcome of those games. We'll break down the NFC and the AFC championship games. We got some local former high school stars that played huge roles today uh, or on Sunday, of course, for the Rams. And uh, what can be done to expand this instant replay and what can be done to maybe change the overtime rules in the NFL, especially in the postseason? We've got all that and more on this NFL Championship Week edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Okay, before we get started, you know it's a new year, and if you have a new business or even if you've had one for a number of years, we'd love to have you as a sponsor to our show. We get requests all the time about how you can advertise, and it's easy, and our sponsors see great results from listeners to this podcast. So here's what you got to do just to join our team and find out more details. You can reach us on Twitter at SportsDayTB or at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. So we'd love to have you get in contact with us. We'll make sure that happens. All right. So, Steve, what games we had on Sunday? It's going to be the Rams and the Patriots who head back uh, to the Super Bowl. I think I think this is the Patriots, maybe their ninth time in 18 years. That is correct. Uh, it was the 13th AFC Championship game in 18 years for Tom Brady. It's just unbelievable. In fact, when the game, when this Super Bowl is played in a couple Sundays from now, I think it'll be 17 years to the day when the legacy began with the Patriots as they beat the Rams in that Super Bowl, remember, back in New Orleans, and that was the one that Tom Brady won uh, as, as quarterback, his first, of course, of five. I saw a now tweet going, that when that game was played, Sean McVay was a high school quarterback at Marist High School, and Jared Goff was seven years old. <laughs> wow. And I covered a game, so I wasn't seven years old, but I, I, uh, I remember it. I was much younger then. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's just, look, to go to a Super Bowl every other year, essentially, for, for two decades, if you will, I mean, that's stupid, man. That's just an unbelievable run of, uh, of, of, just brilliance, really, and I don't care how they got there or what what calls went their way or didn't go their way. It really doesn't matter. Um, but these two games, I'll tell you, this was one of the better championship Sundays because it had everything. It had you know young versus old, um, you know weather, uh, and, and and then Dome Stadium with tremendous noise because both places were loud. Um, just you know plays being made all over the place, lead changes in the fourth quarter like nobody's business. I think the. The Patriots and um, and Kansas City set a, a playoff record for the most points scored in the fourth quarter. So I mean, this thing—it it was a wild, wild Sunday of football, all setting up for uh, a Super Bowl Fifty Three that I think is going to be really, really good. I know people are tired of the Patriots, but you know what? It's hard to not to not admire greatness, whether you want to see it every year or not. Um, and that's what the Patriots are. So let's uh, let's jump into it and uh, and, and kind of start. I guess is the way the games were played. Of course. People here uh, in the NFC South, very familiar with the Saints. By the way, I heard a great stat, um, and, and it was uh, before the game, 
Uh, and, I, and for this reason, I thought that well, I thought the Saints were going to win anyway. I had I think I picked both home teams to win. You did. So it shows it shows what why I tell you never never to listen to me when you're trying to decide who's going to win football games because I don't know, and I, I admit that readily. Um, but look how they ended up, right? They could have gone either way. But uh, I heard that uh, I heard in an interview they sat down with Drew Brees and they were talking about the similarities between when they won the Super Bowl in New Orleans uh, when the Saints won it. And, uh, between that year and this year, both times they were uh, they were thirteen and three, and the three teams they lost to the Saints the year they won the Super Bowl, the Bucks, it was the Bucks, the Cowboys, and Carolina, both years. Those wow. are the three teams they lost to. It was just eerie. Um, and you know they they he, you know Drew Brees, the, the offenses averaged over thirty points a game those, those years, and you know Brees was was pretty pretty consistent. So it, it, it looked like it was, uh, you know, going to be a repeat, of course, and they would go back to the Super Bowl. And frankly, uh, they probably should have. I mean, this game uh, got away from the Saints, I thought. They had a, a pretty, you know, pretty substantial lead up, up, what, 14 to nothing, wasn't it? Yes. At one point. Uh, and uh, or 13, or 13, 13 to nothing. 13, it was yeah. 13 to nothing, yeah, um, with a couple of field goals and a touchdown. Uh, the Rams came back, of course, and – I mean, this thing, uh, it, you know, what's going to be talked about for, for centuries, and they'll never get over it in New Orleans, and, and rightfully so, um, is the, uh, the no-call, the famous no-call with 145 remaining on a third and 10 play from the Rams' 13-yard line. The score, the score was tied 20-20, to 20, uh, and, you know, the Rams were virtually going to be, they were out of timeouts, I think, at that point, or going to be out of timeouts. They would have had to use them. If this play, if this flag is thrown the way it should have been, um, this game is over, I think, and, and New Orleans wins. But the Rams cornerback, uh, Nickel Ruby uh, Coleman, uh, ran over, essentially, Saints receiver Tommy Lee Lewis. And, wasn't even and in close. doing so, wasn't close. No, I mean, the, the ball's not even, not even gotten in the, in the area code. It's, it's, you can see they had a great shot from behind the play. The ball is still making its way to the receiver when uh, Col- Roby Coleman collides with Tommy Lee Lewis and then does it, making helmet-to-helmet contact before the ball arrives. So you have actually two penalties on the play. Uh, you have the helmet-to-helmet contact, which is one penalty, and then, of course, the pass interference. They ate the flag. And, and this no-call was as, was as egregious as anyone you, you could ever see. I mean, if you, you know, I'm sure you'll see it on replays for years to come if you didn't see it live. Um, but it absolutely was interference. And so what would have happened in that situation in a tie game? Uh, you get, it's a 15, you know, it's a spot foul for the interference or – a 15-yard penalty if they call the helmet-to-helmet, which they called neither. And so, the, the you know, the Saints at that point have a chip-shot field goal uh, with their kicker, Will Lutz, who is uh, automatic practically this year. He's one of the best kickers in the league this season from somewhere like around 20-something yards, right? It's going to yeah. be like an old extra point. And they had to run the so clock down, so there wouldn't have been They would have taken left. a knee, used the, yeah, used all the time on the clock, and they, they chip the field goal and the game is over and they win and they go to the Super Bowl. That's – I mean, it's over. Like the game – is going to be over at that point. And, and for Sean Payton, for everybody uh, that was involved, of course, they went nuts. Uh, the Superdome crowd was rightfully booing like crazy. And, you know, it, it just it, – it's unfortunate because there is no replay. We talk about replay all the time, Stephen. We talked about this fourth podcast, how, you know, in the last two minutes it's from upstairs, change of possession is automatic. Coaches can challenge during the game. They have a couple challenges – but when you get to a situation like this, the biggest play in the game that that everybody on a playground would have called that pass interference. I mean, if you were out here playing, you know, a, a turkey bowl on Thanksgiving with your neighborhood kids, that's pass interference. And and it's so obvious. 
and yet there's no vehicle for them to to correct that call, which absolutely would have sent the Saints to the Super Bowl. I've said this for years that leagues, and it doesn't matter the sport because they're all the same. They put replay in because they want to get the calls right. That's what they tell you. Except you can't replay this, you can't replay that, you can't replay this. They don't want to get it right. They don't care about that. They're just trying to appease people and sometimes protect the referees or the umpires. I mean, if you're gonna if, if you're gonna have replay, then replay everything should be reviewable. It's the only way it works. Absolutely, and it does, whether it's baseball, whether it's hockey, whether it's football, doesn't matter. If you're gonna have replay, everything's got to be reviewed because that call was egregious. Oh, it was the, the, the ref missed it, and he it should be able to correct that call. And even more than that, I mean, it, it, and let's just I mean, we can talk, we can do a whole show on NFL refs. Look, the game is so fast, and and the explanation that. Sean Payton got on the field was that they thought in real time that the ball and the defensive back and the receiver arrived all together, which we know is that is not nearly the case. And it didn't look like that to my naked eye. But how many guys are on the field that can throw a flag there? It's not just one one side judge or a back judge. I mean, anybody that's watching this play could have called pass interference. None of them do. Absolutely. They all swallow their whistles. And we've talked about this in the NHL and other plays. I th- I think that it's. I think what's wrong with with pro sports in general, and maybe college to some degree too, is that you get to the championship level, or these championship games or Super Bowl, and all of a sudden, what was a penalty all year, suddenly the refs don't want to quote unquote determine the outcome of the game. Well, they are determining, but but they are absolutely determining the outcome by not making this obvious call. So Sean Payton, you know, after the game, of course, uh, just to to rub salt in the wound, I suppose he got a. Uh, uh, he had a conversation, I guess, with the head of officials, uh, Alberto uh, Riveron, who told him, um, we messed up. You know, we messed it up. And, you know, Peyton said, look, it's a hard job for those guys because it's happening so fast. But I don't know that there was ever a more obvious interference call than that. Here it is, the NFC Championship game. So, you know, tough one to swallow. I mean, like, for that one not to be made in that situation. Now, you know, back to the idea of, making all these calls reviewable, you're either going to have replay or you're not. I would agree with that. The problem is they don't want these games to last four and a half hours because what about holding? What about, right. you know... Well, that, uh, that's why I'm uh, against rough, replay. Rough I don't like pass. replay. I don't, I don't like right. how after a big play it's, oh, let's stop and see if... Was it actually a big play? Yeah. I, I think it takes away whole, from the enjoyment of the game. Well, it does. And, 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 you know, the other thing is we have... The technology is such, you know, the frame-by-frame frame better than the Zapruder film type analyzation of whether a ball scrapes the the bottom of the a blade of grass i mean did you see this play in the patriots game where julian element take he gets a bad hop on a on a punt yeah and it looks for all the world i mean for all the world like he muffed this punt and kansas city picks it up runs in the end zone of course they couldn't advance it if they wanted to but nonetheless they rule it on the field it's a muff punt kansas city's ball and yet the slowness of this replay and 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 the the sharpness and the High definition uh, abilities, they and, and I didn't think it was I didn't think it was conclusive myself, but they they thought it was so conclusive that that ball by milliliters did not touch any part of Edelman's fingers or thumbs in this case, or his body or his shoulder, and that that he he, he clearly muffed it, but it didn't touch him, so therefore it remained the Patriots' ball, and they overturned the call on the field, which I didn't think there was enough evidence to do that. Yeah, I, wouldn't, I didn't well, think there was enough either way, other than, I guess, you know, the ball didn't change directions at all, and I, true, that's probably true. what they're going off of. I think so. But, I mean, getting back to the Saints, I mean, those are the kinds of things 
that you're talking about where, you know, uh, whether it's a catch or not a catch. But, yeah, I mean, it, absolutely, this this play was – I mean, it's indefensible. It's indefensible, and I think that I think the game has gotten too fast for these guys. I think they need, um, you know, more officials that uh, do this for a full-time living, you know um, – this is, you know, it doesn't make sense to me. To well, they've hired guys. some of these guys full time now. They some have, of they them, have changed that. But over not the last all. Years. No, not all. But yeah. I, I'm assuming most of the ones in the playoffs would be. I, Probably. I, I'm, I'm speculating there. I don't know that. Yeah, but. I don't know the crews and I don't know the officials involved in this. But boy, it just seemed it just I, it's it's unfathomable to me that that many officials can be on the field and they all blow it. None of them. None of them make the call. None of them decide to throw the flag in that situation. And. And I think it's just their natural tendency, and if not instructions to, you know, let let the teams decide it. You know, let's let's try not to make a call in a critical situation unless it's, you know, unless it's obvious like the one they missed. Um, so, yeah, it's just it, you feel bad for a guy like Drew Brees. I mean, how many more chances is he going to get? You know, he had to under, undergo the uh, the Minneapolis, uh, you know, miracle a year ago, which would have got him in the championship game, and um, you know, but listen credit the Rams and I had this conversation a real good friend of mine down the street is a huge Drew Drew Brees fan and therefore he's a Rams fan or a Saints fan and he was losing his mind saying you know basically uh I think that this is rigged the NFL you know wanted the LA market and it's not to me it's not I'm not a big conspiratorial guy I don't I don't really think that that's that that's the case the official blew it the official blew it the, the official blew it but let's not forget that this is this is still Okay, one play. Okay, in a game that has 140 or so plays or 150 plays. Correct. Where any one of them, you know, can 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 change the outcome of the game. So after you know, after all of this, they go into overtime still, you know, and you know, some somehow. I mean, they allowed they allowed the Rams not once but twice to drive down there and kick field goals. Okay, to to enable this game to go into overtime. Uh, and then they won the coin toss, which we'll get to in a minute yep. about overtime. Saints, Saints win the coin toss. They get the ball, and they turn it over. They drop back. Dante Fowler, the kid from Lakewood High School, who's had a very checkered career, of course, first-round pick of the Jaguars, got injured, got in trouble, got arrested, finally got traded. Great trade uh, late in the season, but the Rams just wanted to add one more edge rusher, and he makes the trade worthwhile just by you know, getting penetration on a spin move, hitting Breeze's arm, and the ball – Pops up in the air, and a, a dude on his back makes the interception uh, that, that absolutely, you know, cost, ends up costing the Saints the ball in overtime and field position, and the Rams go down, and they get a, uh, a 57-yard bomb by Greg Zerline uh, on the final play. He kicked four field goals to win 26-23. So there's a lot of plays. My point is is that I know, and, and rightfully so, the people of New Orleans and, and Saints fans everywhere maybe just NFL fans in general, won't ever forgive the unforgivable of not calling pass interference there because it absolutely would have changed the outcome of history, in my opinion. They're going to the Super Bowl. However, I mean, you can you can stop people and you don't have to turn it over in overtime. You know yep. what I mean? Like you had a chance. Oh, it's never so, – one play never makes a game. No, it doesn't. It never it does. Really I mean, doesn't. There could, because of time and situation, it can be – feel – like it affects it more but everything leading up to it affects it whether it's turnovers or not stopping or stopping or you know whatever sure. it is one sure. play never never is the the sole reason you lost a game I credit the Rams I look this is a mentally tough team and and their young quarterback Jared Goff is a really strong kid he 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 looked nervous 
uh, as you would expect, you know, in, in this environment. They've gone in there now, and, I mean, that place was – it's loud anyway, and I, you can't really appreciate it on television. I've been there many times with the Saints. Um, but they were louder than they've ever been, in my opinion. It affected the game. It affected snap counts. It affected offsides and delay games. Um, and for him to go in there and settle his nerves after falling behind 13 to nothing – um, and you know, there's some, I mean, some, some weird stuff happened in that game and yet, uh, they were resilient. They got stops. They shut, they shut down, uh, really drew breeze in the second half for the most part on offense. I mean, the saints could have cashed in on uh, some turnovers, you know, uh, and, and scored touchdowns rather than kicking field goals early. So they had their opportunities and they missed a lot of yeah, opportunities. The, the saints and, could have been up big early. Oh yeah. They should have nothing. Been. They should have been up bigger. Absolutely, and just like the Patriots should have been too. Absolutely, they let they let Kansas City hang around, and 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 that's the the lesson of when you get to the championship games, uh, in the playoffs in general, but especially when you get this far, these teams, they, they, if you give them an inch, they absolutely will strangle you with it. Yes. I mean, you cannot make mistakes because, you know, it ends up it ends up in the end zone. You know, it ends up on the scoreboard. They take advantage of everything. If you beat yourself, if you'll let, they will let you, and they will absolutely strangle you with it. And that's what happened in these two games on Sunday. Well, we've talked about a lot that, you know, the league, the NFL now has become a mistake league. It's yep. you capitalize on a mistake the other team made, whether it's a penalty, a turnover, yep. uh, you know, a fumble, or you know, you you know, take take a big sack when you shouldn't. It's capitalizing mm-hmm. on those pe- on those mistakes. That's how you win games. That's what Brady and Belichick have done for years. And the good teams do. The bad teams don't. Yep, that's exactly right. And, and the further along you get, um, you, you know, those you go home. I mean, that's there's no other way to say it. You go home because you make the – and that's why you don't want to be that guy. You know, what they always tell you is, hey, and I remember when the Bucks were playing, um, you know, in Super Bowl uh, 37, and I, th- and I can't remember who told who told we're talking to the team about this, but it was basically like – Hey, don't be that guy that gets your that gets us beat. You know what I mean? Like, do your job. Um, you know, there's going to be mistakes made, of course, but like, you just don't be that guy. You know that that's that's responsible for for not doing his job. In this case, that guy in the AFC Championship game will forever be D Ford. <laughs> and Ooh. I mean, this. Oh man, this cat. I mean, talk about now. You know, again, there are some assumptions about what would happen. You know, afterwards, but. I mean, basically, the Kansas City Chiefs had this game won. They did. They absolutely had this game won. And forever, D. Ford will be a dirty name in Kansas City. The Patriots were down 28-24 in this football game. And this was a back-and-forth affair. Again, Patriots were up early. Um, you know, a good job. Patriots uh, dominated the, the first half. Oh, they just they should, yeah, they they should have been up they more than 14-0. They shut them out. I mean, it's been I don't know how many fifty something games since the since the Chiefs um, had been not scored in the first half under Andy Reid, and so you know uh, Patrick Mahomes, who is terrific, and you could see why he's an MVP candidate, uh, probably going to win the MVP, threw over fifty touchdowns this year. He came back uh, with a vengeance in the second half, uh, and it was a back and forth affair, especially in the fourth quarter with all the lead changes. Uh, but what it came down to with D. Ford was this. The Patriots are down 28-24. There's 54 seconds left in the game. And the Patriots are facing third and 10 from the Chiefs' uh, 34-yard line. And Brady, uh, you know, is trying to take them down and, and give them the game-winning drive. 
which he had done eight other times in his career. Uh, and then he, you know, he locks in on Rob Gronkowski, but the ball, uh, uh, the ball was intercepted. And he threw it high, went off Gronkowski's he, hands. He threw it high, went off Gronk's hands, and, and it, the deflection is intercepted. And so uh, they they have the ball, and this game is over. You know what I mean? I mean, it's a game-clinching, potential game-clinching interception. But except for D. Ford, who made the unforgivable mistake in football of just lining up in the neutral zone. Nobody did anything. It wasn't a hard count. It wasn't that he jumped off sides or they induced him. No, this dude did not put his hand in the dirt behind the ball. Like he was, he was across, and he's an end. You know what I mean? Like he's he's at the end of the line, and so it it, it cost them the interception. It cost them the game, and uh, of course they go into overtime. We can talk about the Patriots, who uh, you know who wound up uh, winning the coin toss and then kick a field goal. Uh, or I'm sorry, no, score a touchdown, touchdown in the first touchdown. their first drive. Yeah, for, score a touchdown in the first drive. Um, you know, to uh, to win the game in overtime, but I I don't know how do you how do you get past that? How do you how do you get past the idea that you know the Kansas City Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl if not for you're the dude that simply didn't look down the line of scrimmage, either to the ref on the sideline or to the to where the ball is? You know, I mean, you you take a three point stance and that's your job. You know where the line. You, you know if you yeah. can't if you don't know you can't play football if you don't know where to line up. But I it, mean, from it, the time you're in Pee Wee. Isn't some of that though that this the the Chiefs, pardon my cold, but the Chiefs tied yeah, for the, hurt today yeah, by the yeah, way. Yeah, the the Chiefs tied for the lead in sacks this season. They had yes. one hit on Brady all game. Oh yeah, and some playing. of that is frustration of you know you're trying every edge to get to that quarterback. I'm, I'm not, yeah. not I'm not justifying what D Ford did because it's it's a boneheaded play, but yeah. you know when you're not getting the quarterback and he lines up offsides and still didn't get to the quarterback. No, he did not. Um, and you're right. He had a clean pocket pretty much all day. Um, you know, Brady did pretty much whatever he wanted to, uh, for the day, but, but I still just think it's lazy. You know, it's oh, late it is, in the game. It absolutely is. And I think, I think those are the kinds of mistakes you make when you're tired, uh, and their defense had been out there a long time. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that, that Ford has, and by the way, in overtime, why isn't Andy Reid using his timeouts? His defense is gassed and you need to, st- you well, need to hold him to at least a field goal. Your defense is gas, and you sat on your timeouts. I don't know, but if he had one more timeout down the stretch, uh, they ended up kicking a field goal with about well, in regulation. 11, I'm taking 11. overtime. You got timeouts in overtime, and you didn't use them, and your defense was gassed. Oh yeah, no, he didn't. He could have, yeah, he absolutely could have just tried to regroup there, um, and didn't, and it, it wound up costing him. And I mean, Brady is Brady, you know, the goat. Um, again, give him all the credit in the world for what he's been able to do. This was a this was a tough game, but they didn't hit Brady, you know, and, and Julian Edelman is a stud. He's an absolute stud. Makes big play after big play for Brady. You can see the chemistry they've had. Um, but, you know, it, it, it was just, man, it's got to be. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Be frustrating for those Kansas City fans, and, and as well as the Chiefs played all year. Um, but you got you to give it to them. I mean, look, th- these guys, to knock out the champions, you can't make mistakes. Now, the overtime rules, Steve, that's something else I want to change as commissioner. 
and Roger Goodell was there in Kansas City, and I'm sure before he got out, he got an earful. What sense does it make, right, to play 16 games during the regular season and, and go 13 and three or whatever? Um, then go into the postseason. You win your, you, you get the bye. You win your home game. You're hosting the AFC Championship game. Um, it's an epic game battle, back and forth. Two great quarterbacks, two great teams. You get to overtime, and the team that wins the coin toss, if they can score a touchdown, you never see the ball. You've played since July. You know, you really going back to to March with the offseason training program. And you come down to the final game of the playoffs before the Super Bowl, and they're going to tell you, hey, if they win the coin toss and score a touchdown here, this game's over. I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me. Well, here's the thing, though, and, and, and I agree with you. I don't like the NFL overtime rules, although the changes they made two, three years ago, whatever it was. It's better, better, but it's, it's not It's getting good. better. It's not good. Right. Particularly, because it used to be sudden death. Particularly in a playoff game, if you want to do that in the regular season, fine. You know, I'm, I I don't, uh, whatever. I mean, you're you're trying not to kill these guys too. The other part of this is that they've shortened it to ten minutes in the regular season. Sure, sure. Is that you're trying to make it so that somebody can win quickly because they still have another game to play unless this is the Super Bowl. (laughs) That's right. And you know, this sport, you know, murders bodies practically. I mean, you know, it's a little drastic, but the, the wear and tear on those bodies are awful for games. That's so them correct. playing more is bad. So they're trying to make mm-hmm. it quicker. I understand what they're trying to do with it. But to decide a playoff game that way stinks. Pat, We never got to see Patrick Mahomes in overtime. Never got to see him, no. And, I mean, the, the way they have modified it, it used to be sudden death. Any score uh, would win. And so guys were, you know, I mean, the, the field goal kickers these days are so good that, you know, anything mm-hmm. from 60 in they can potentially hit, which means – you win the coin toss and go 25 yards or so, you're going to be kicking a game-winning field goal. Now the team that wins the coin toss, if they don't score a touchdown, you get an opportunity to possess the ball. So you got to hold them to at least a field goal. So you can still say, well, they had a chance, their defense holds them to a field goal, then Patrick Mahomes is on the field. But I would like to see, at least in the postseason, say each team will have one possession, regardless of who scores right. first. Well, but here's, it, here's the question. So – each team has a possession. Say they both score a touchdown. Then what are you doing? Is well, it sudden then, death from that point? Because still, who won the coin toss has yeah, the advantage. I think, well, I, I think it's sudden death. I think I think at least you've you've been able to give each team the ball, and now it's now you can just play on. But see, that's the thing. Now you're now you're instituting maybe a potential fifth quarter, fifteen minutes. I mean, in the postseason, you have to have a winner. You can't tie. Right. Right. Um, so like in regular season, they don't give a damn, you know, it's like, that's why it's 10 minutes. Yeah. If it's uh, a tie, it's a tie. That's I it's mean, a tie. It's a tie. And we're playing 10 minutes and it's when it's over, it's over. Uh, obviously in the postseason, you know, potentially you could play forever. Uh, and that's what they're trying to avoid. But it just seems to me that there's so much, I mean, this is the Super Bowl. This is history. This is legacy. Uh-huh. This is all those things. It just seems to me you would like to see each team have a possession. Now, in the Saints game, but like I said, you know, the it, Saints, so Saints it, won the toss, and then they, right. they had the interception, and the field goal beat them right? because but, they had a possession. But in the New England game, so Tom Brady went down and scored. Let's say Patrick Mahomes goes down and scores. Mm-hmm. The, now the Patriots have the ball again. It's sudden death. that they score, they win. I mean, it's still sure. – the and coin the, toss still the, determined it. The coin cut toss did determine it. However, you at least – yeah, I know what you're saying. I and mean, so, but, some have and, suggested and, the college rules where you get the ball from the 25, but in the NFL, that I does hate, not work. That's that, not football, for, for, for college, I can understand that. The pros are too good 
First of all, yeah. the field goal kickers are going to be 90% from that range anyway. You don't even have well, to that's right. You don't have to move the ball and you're 90% going to kick a field goal. Yeah, you're starting in scoring position. The NFL is, players are so good, you can't start from the 25. You'd have to start yeah. a lot further back. But then again, right. now it's how many plays do you want to extend these games and how how long do you really want this to go knowing that You've got another game to play in, in what damage these games do to the bodies of these players. Well, and they've looked at it for that reason. They've looked at safety. They've looked at the time of the game. They've looked at the number of plays guys are out there and, and you know, uh, what, what is the chance of injury as the game goes longer. Uh, and you're right. You're talking about, you know, somebody has to go play the Super Bowl when it's all over. So, you know, how, how much exposure do you want to give some of these players? So, I mean, I get it. I understand. I think they made it better by at least saying, Hey, if the team doesn't score a touchdown because the field goal kicking was so good, you at least get one possession. And again, you know, the Chiefs had a chance to stop Tom Brady, and they couldn't. I mean, they made play after play after play, and he's he's done that um, so many times in his career that uh, that it's not even funny. So um, again, I, I know everybody's got you know Patriots fatigue, right? Um, and and I admit that that I've covered a number of these games, and and I do too. If you know covering the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Now, this year, there'll be a lot of talk about that first game, you know, against the Rams that they won in the Super Bowl 17, 18 years ago, uh, how, how it all began, the, the Patriots dynasty and things like this. So there there are some storylines. And, of course, the Rams are fresh. I mean, there's, there's plenty to talk about, um, you know, with the L.A. Rams and their young quarterback and, and, you know, so many players. Todd Gurley, who barely played, by the way, was really not a non-factor in this game. It was weird. They went with C.J. Anderson. But, um, but I still – I, I I think you got to admire greatness. I mean, I think there has to be a part of you, as much as you may be tired of it and not like New England or have New England fatigue, it's difficult to to not appreciate what you're watching because I don't think we're going to see it again. I thought that the 49ers, with the run that they had, you know, in the uh, late 80s and, and 90s, was going to be about as good as we've ever seen. And they won five Super Bowls. And, and up until the Patriots arrived, you know, they were division champions, you know, that many years in a row and so on and so forth. But we've never seen anything uh, close to this. And, and I'll be honest with you, like, I think Tom Brady can keep playing. Uh, this is not the best New England team. They well, they lost five games this year. Um, into five teams on the that didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, to teams that they were, were expected to beat and did not. So, you know, it's it's but it's really something because you're talking about one game and you see the preparation and the game planning that Belichick has and he's rarely wrong and he always makes it difficult for his opponents and – even though I thought that Kansas City adjusted and and got better as the game went on, um, you know it still wasn't enough. So I don't know. That's your Super Bowl. I mean, we've got we do have the Rams, which is fresh and new. Um, I've seen I've mention- seen different uh, tweets that the Rams a point favorite to New England being two point favorites. So it's really kind of a pickup game at this point. So there's lines mm-hmm. are varied kind of between there and over and under about fifty eight. Again, I'm really horrible at gambling, but I I would think I would think that the Patriots just because of their experience, they, I think they saw they gave a graphic, 36 or 37 players have played in the Super Bowl on that team. Well, I'm sure Tom Brady um, and, and Julian Edelman are going to say, you know, how everyone thinks they suck still. So, yeah, yeah, nobody. That's such crap, by the way. Nobody thinks they suck. I mean, they think they suck in that they're tired of watching them win. Right. right. Um, but as far as, you know, no no one's exactly saying they have no shot. I mean, that was that was yeah. absurd. And the Patriots today became just the third NFL franchise to go to three straight Super Bowls. Right, the God, Dolphins in the early too. 70s. Right. And then the Bills went to four straight. In that's the early right. 90s. Lost all four of them, yeah. Yep. 
I covered all of those too. Those are good Bills like, teams. And Belichick and Brady, nine Super Bowls together now. That's more than double any other coach quarterback combo. You know, Chuck Noll, uh, Bradshaw just... had four. Well, I'll tell you who might go to a few is Sean McVay. Uh, very possibly. This kid, 32 years old. He's got a young quarterback who went out there and, and stared it down, went 25 of 40 for 297 with a touchdown and an interception that went off uh, Gurley's hands. But um, that guy can coach. And, and if you know anything about, you know, how he started, where he started, I mean, he was on Gruden's – he was on John Gruden's staff as, I think, a quality control guy um, at some point when he was really young because he's still very young right now. In fact, I think he might be the youngest Super Bowl coach. He will be. Uh, he will. His since, birthday's this week, I believe. So I think he turns, he turns 33. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I don't know what Gruden was. I think he was 34, I want to say, or thereabouts. But, you know, John John is the youngest because uh, he was younger than than, um, uh, than Madden was when he won the Super Bowl. So, but he's a, if you listen to, if you close your eyes and, and you listen to Sean McVay, especially when he's excited, he is John Gruden. He has the mannerisms. Uh, he sounds like him. He says the same things. Um, so I might have to learn how to do Sean McVay and see if it's a little different than Gruden. But um, if you don't think coaching they, matters, think back two seasons. Think back two seasons when Jared Goff was considered a bust under Jeff Fisher. My favorite guy. My favorite yeah. guy, Jeff Fisher. Yeah. <laughs> August eighth yeah. is his day. Yeah, August eighth or July uh, July ninth, yeah. I believe. Yeah, one or the other, but. I mean, he goes to show you, you know, of course it matters. And, and there was a, some really good talent, so I guess you give him some credit for that. But how do you how did you manage to go only 7-9 and nine or 8-8 eight and eight with that club? You know, and they've added to it since, oh, but, yeah. I mean, come on. But Jared Goff – But, I mean, Jared, Jared, Goff, Goff, Jared Goff wasn't just, you know, had a, a good rookie – no, he was considered a bust after one season. It was a disaster, yeah. And it was the offense he yeah. was in. Clearly he wasn't getting any coaching. He wasn't getting – wasn't able to throw the ball very much. You know, I, and I'm not impressed by their receivers. I mean, they're – They've got guys, you know what I mean? Um, their game is mostly, you know, play action, and it runs through the running backs and all that. Um, they do an okay job. I mean, I don't I don't know who I'm going to – who you would favor in this game, but, I mean, he's gone 13 – all I know is he's won, what, 13, 14, 15 games the last, each of the last two years, and uh, that's, that's pretty damn hard to do in this league. And I don't know if they're going to win a Super Bowl or not, but – I'll bet you he goes to a few because he's got a young quarterback, a young nucleus of a football team, um, you know, guys, you know, MVP-type quality players on both sides of the ball. Aaron Donald is just a oh. beast. And Domicon Sue had a terrific game. Yep. He showed up all of a sudden um, and, and just balled out. They got a keep to leave, you know. There's a lot of former Bucks connections on both these teams and, and um, you know, lots of, of potential storylines for the week leading up to the Super Bowl. But um, so, I, I mean, look, I, these games are usually pretty good. We saw when you get the when you get the four best teams like we did on Sunday, um, that's that's how you end up with these two overtime games that I thought, you know, again, depending on who you're rooting for, it's probably misery if you're in Kansas City or New Orleans. But I didn't have any rooting interest. But I was entertained all day long. I thought it was fantastic. Oh, they were phenomenal games. I mean, you can't ask for any better as a football fan. I mean, outside no. unless you know your team got beat. Sure, sure. And and for my um, <laughs> for my friend who's a Saints fan because of Drew Brees, 
I'm sorry, dude. I really am because he was. It's rigged. They don't want a small market team. But the problem is, is that if that's true, then how come Carolina, Atlanta, and Seattle have been in three of the last four? They aren't exactly big market teams that made it to uh, to the NFC. The, the NFL and Super Bowl is so big; it doesn't matter which teams are. It in there. doesn't matter. It really doesn't. I mean, would, are they happy? LA's in it. Oh, I think so. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, because they're know, still trying to build a fan base out there. So yeah, they're absolutely thrilled that LA's in there. I mean, you know, it's weird. We just had the Boston uh, Dodgers. World Series. Now we're we got the Patriots and, and the LA Rams. What's going on? Let's here? just make sure it's not the Bruins and Kings in the uh, Stanley Cup final. <laughs> That's right. Well, I'll tell you, it's just to segue off a little bit. Uh, of the good the, thing uh, is the, the Kings are the worst team in hockey, so I don't think that's going to happen. But San Jose's pretty good. Well, I mean, right? Boston would be the other. Oh yeah, that's I mean true. LA yeah. Kings, or unless you say Anaheim. Yeah. yeah, I could say Anaheim. Yeah, yeah, they're not in the playoffs yeah. now, but they're close. No, they're not. Although the Tampa Bay Lightning wrapped up their uh, pre-All-Star half of the season, if you want to call it that, is even more than half. But uh, they had a hell of a game. Steven Stamkos had a hell of a game. They got three guys going out to the All-Star game in San Jose. uh, That's later this week, right, or next weekend, I guess. Yeah, this coming weekend they'll have uh, Stamkos, Kucherov, and Vasilevsky heading out there. And the Lightning, uh, by the way, uh, Saturday night, improved uh, to got got 76 points now to take a 16-point lead on the Eastern Conference. Since the 99-2000 season, only three teams have won their conference by a margin of 16 or more points. The Red, well, Wing, the be... Red Wings in 0-1-0-2, Capitals in 0-9-10, and the Capitals also in 15-16. But the Lightning have got there in 49 games. Uh, it's stupid what they're doing. They've been phenomenal, and, and they can probably even play much better. But not to be Debbie Downer, but if you, if you read John Romano's column in the Tampa Bay Times today, uh, the Lightning have accomplished nothing. <laughs> so, I mean, apparently. But you know what? Uh, you know what? Steven teams Stamkos that jump out like this will tell you that too. I know they would. And in team, and I mean, he has the data to back it up. The teams that have had these kind of leads in the first half of a season have gone out mostly in the first or second round of the of the playoffs. That's that's um, very now, true. Now, what you hope is that the experience on this team and the amount of veterans that have been through this before. They know it, you know. That, you know, th- they know how to prepare for the playoffs. Because I, right. I could make a case they haven't played their best hockey yet either. There's been no, spurts of certain players playing phenomenally. But as a team, I don't right. believe they've played their best hockey yet. And that's what's I scary. think you're right. I think you're right. And I think they'll know when it's when it's winning time again in the postseason, which is a season unto itself. Look, they're not that far off the pace than where they were a year ago. I mean, they're better than they were a year ago. But it, they, they got off to a pretty damn good start last season, too. And they made it to you know Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals, so the jinx wasn't in for them then. Yeah, and they lost um, to the champ. That's right. They lost to the eventual champions, the Capitals, and so you know they they were able to they were able to do what they were supposed to do in the postseason a year ago when everybody, uh, like my good friend Tom Jones and some were predicting you know failure against Boston or Pittsburgh or somebody some boogeyman was out there that was going to get them and nobody did until they got the Capitals. So um, we'll see. Uh, hopefully, maybe we'll be able to talk to uh, Diana Neros. This week we'll try to try to get her track her down a little bit. Uh, we can do a little race talk as well, maybe uh, with Mark Tompkins. We'll have to see if uh, if he's yeah we got Rays fan the, fest in just two and a half weeks. It's coming up, man. Pitchers and catchers like what about the three weeks? Or about, so? Yeah, something like that. Three weeks or just over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people should get. I'm, hopefully, people are getting excited about baseball. This team won 90 games a year ago. Um, I know the stadium issue is unsettled, and that might sour some. And they're still at the trop and. Now there's tarps in the 300 level, which I'm not excited about, but that's another show for another time. Um, but you know, we're 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 right here, man. We're 
we're just about going to be the home of spring training, which means all the snowbirds will be down. The traffic's going to pick up. We're going to be angry on the highway. I mean, also, they're already here. Haven't you, haven't well, you been they, out? Well, they are here. Yeah, no, they're here. They're, you're right. They're here. I haven't been out much, but they are here. I know that. Um, but it's really bad in spring training when you get around some of those venues yeah, yeah. in Clearwater or US-19 or, you know, go to Bright House Field or whatever it's called now, Spectrum, I guess. Uh, it can get kind of congested around those places. So we got a lot on the horizon uh, coming up, as well as uh, maybe tomorrow we'll talk and tell you a little bit about Byron Leftwich got ahead a chance on Friday to meet the Bucks' new offensive coordinator. Of course, he's a former quarterback of the Tampa Bay Bucks in 2009 under Raheem Morris that first year and then gave way to Josh Johnson and eventually Josh Freeman uh, in his rookie year. Uh, and, uh, you know, Byron's an impressive dude. And I you know, had a chance to talk to some people about him um, Dirk Cutter almost hired him, as a matter of fact, when he became head coach. And uh, he wound up, uh, I think, left which that year, wound up going to Arizona. But um, bright guy, of course, was a quarterback, uh, first-round pick of his own out of Marshall in Jacksonville. Had some some interesting things to talk about with Jameis Winston, um, with uh, what he be- how much he believes in his ability uh, when he first saw him, which happened to be his first game at Florida State, and he lit it up against Pitt, the Pitt Panthers. So there's there's all kinds of uh, discussions we can have, and uh, you'll get to hear from Byron Left, which uh, probably some on uh, tomorrow's show. So we've got lots of, of you know the Bucks are still their staff is getting in place. Bruce Arians is supposed to be back into town at some point. Um, I think it's uh, we're getting ready for Senior Bowl week. We just had the East West Shrine game, of course, over the weekend. And we'll have a in, complete preview of the Pro Bowl too, of course. <laughs> yes, I'll be at the Pro Bowl. That's correct. I'm not going to cover the game. I'm going over there. I think on Wednesday. Um, have a chance to maybe talk to some guys that, you know, play for Bruce Arians. Uh, I think Andrew Luck's over there, and you've got, uh, of course, Mike Evans is the Bucks' loan representative. We'll see what he thinks of this Super Bowl matchup and, uh, and the hiring of Bruce Arians and what he thinks he can do with Byron Leftwich and that new offense that they're going to have uh, and Jameis Winston. I know there's a lot of excited, excited players, and certainly the coaches are anxious. It's a tough time for coaches because all they can do is watch film. You know, there's no real um, – no real communication, uh, you know, with the players, so to speak. They can't really be in the building, and they need to get away anyway this time of year. So it's kind of a dead period, unless you're playing in the championship game or the Super Bowl. There's really not much going on other than uh, all the college events, like like the Senior Bowl, and then we'll, before you know it, it'll be time for the NFL Combine, and then then you get into it with free agency and the draft and so forth. So uh, the NFL never sleeps, and so we'll have lots to talk about the Bucks this week, I'm sure. So, By the way, did you see what D. Ford said about the offside call? I did not. I see Rustin Dodd from one of the Kansas City writers. Quote, yeah. I got to see the ball. I got to see the ball, especially the time of game and what was at stake. Just have to see the ball. Well, but I mean, that's what I think what he is saying there is that I screwed up because I, I can't just take it for granted that I'm onside. I have to see the ball, watch the ball know that I'm not behind the neutral zone. Like, he, he obviously didn't look to see where he was lined up because he's so – and it was offsides. I mean, he, he, he stuck his hand in the dirt well past the neutral zone. It, it's, he's right. He's got to see the ball. That's the only responsibility you have to line up. How do you know where to line up if you don't know where the ball is? You know, what are you looking at? The yard marker? I mean, you can't do it that way. You have to look – and you're not that far from it, for God's sakes. So I, I, it's inexcusable, and it's, it's an error that should never happen. Like I said, if you can't line up, you can't play the game. So it, it's a shame because you always hear about do your job, and you know, that's why football is the ultimate team sport because you have 10 guys doing everything right on every play, 
And if one guy does something wrong on any play, it gets you beat. And that absolutely, you could, without much of a stretch, say, well, it cost them a chance to go to the Super Bowl because that's what happened. Ball gets tipped, intercepted, and uh, and now you're taking a knee. But was not to be. I'd hate to be D Ford, and I'd hate to be any official on that crew that ever comes back to New Orleans. Here's one more tweet I just saw from Michael mm-hmm. Lopez. I don't know who that is, but he's a the stats guy. NFL kickers today. 37-yard field goal, 29-yard field goal, 36-yard field goal, 24-yard field goal, 31-yard field goal, 48-yard field goal, forced overtime, 57-yard field goal game winner, 47-yard field goal, 39-yard field goal, forced overtime, and 12 for 12 on extra points. Not a miss today. That's also what you need to get to this level. Yes. You can't. You, you have to have a good kicker. Every Special point teams has to be flawless. Absolutely. And, I mean, it begins with that guy. And, and you know, we also saw Heckard pull off a fake punt. In that game for the Rams, that turned out to be a huge play. They had nothing going on in the first half. Yeah, how about that? It was Sean Payton last week that did that to get his team. That's going, right. And now he got it pulled on him. And and Heckard is one of the he's one of the best punters in the league. He's he's freakishly good. But he also can, and this is known throughout the league. He throws a great football. I mean, if you didn't know, you you watch this guy throw on the sideline, you think he's a quarterback. I mean, he throws a tight spiral. He's accurate. Um, so he's been successful in his career doing this, and they got him. I mean, they absolutely got him, and uh, it was a critical fourth down play um, that they they had nothing going on. They were going three and out and punting all day, down thirteen to nothing, and it got the Rams going. And uh, you know, good call by Sean McVay, good execution. So, yeah, special teams. You know, you, again, you don't get to these games by having one phase of your team lay down. You know what I mean? You got to be great in all of them, and that's how good these kickers both these kickers are, are just top top notch you know will Lutz has had an unbelievable year I think he's going to the Pro Bowl uh, unfortunately for him he'll have to actually go to the Pro Bowl because he won't be playing in the Super Bowl but um yeah so that's you know and when you think is I was getting tweets today about you know well watching these games maybe the bucks are further away than we think they are you think I mean where do you want to start you know what I mean and special teams is one of those places they don't have a kicker under contract. I don't know if they're going to re-sign Cairo Santos or what. Um, we'll have to see. But, you know, special teams is an area that needs as much work as, as any other phase that they have right now. So just a fantastic Sunday of uh, NFL football. Super Bowl 53 is just a couple weeks away. And, of course, it'll be uh, the Patriots against the Los Angeles Rams. So hope you enjoyed the podcast. We are here every Monday through Friday. And uh, we appreciate you guys listening to us. For Steve Burstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.